Hello, and welcome to Triple B. Today we are eating some pork sliders, and we are discussing She, or A History of Adventure by Henry Ryder Haggard. I'm Jenny Lynn. And I'm Katie Futrell. We, we are, are the Book Bunch, and we're doing brunch. <laughs> Contain adult content, and we'll give you some warnings about the books that we're going to read. Uh, this one in particular is very racist. Published in 1886, so this is no surprise. There are some a variety of problematic parts <laughs> and <laughs> things that come up uh, that are racist and sexist and everything that you probably expect from 1886. There's torture. Yes cannibalism yep. of course lots of that and uh spoilers for this, this book as well so we're gonna start with the covers but as just our general impression when i put when i finished this book and i set it aside just the first thing i said was wow what a thing <laughs> that was my not <laughs> what a story what a book but just what a right. thing that <laughs> i have experienced and has happened to me. Just a strange little little bit of a book history. This is an extremely famous book and as an English major who studied English in college for four years and I've done a lot of reading especially from this period and uh, even further back I have never heard of this book which is kind of upsetting to me in a way because it's, it's very famous. It was wildly popular when it was published. This book has never ever been out of print since that day in 1886. It was a serial published in a magazine so that kind of explains the shorter chapters and ending on kind of cliffhangers if you can even call them that. You can tell that it, it wants you to keep reading and keep reading and waiting for the next installment. Does it though? Well, if in we 1886 were, I believe. If we weren't was. reading this for the podcast I would have stopped at like, I don't know, page I, three. I would have stopped as well. <laughs> Not quite page three, but. When they got to all the books. translations. Okay. So, but anyway, ourselves. extremely popular book. I had never heard of it. It's my first experience with this author. He's published a lot of, a lot of other books in the same vein. This book in itself is a book of four. There's three more books in this series, if you want to call it that. Wow. Uh, we'll get into that. Just, we'll get, wow. We'll get Again, there. just what a thing. Covers first. Covers first. Covers first. This is the first time we have different covers. We have different covers, which kind of makes sense. This book has been around for a long time. I'm sure there are many more covers than the two originally published in 1886. Correct. 102 years before we were born. It shows. It shows. <laughs> you feel every single one of those years. So uh, we'll start with mine because mine's extremely simple and just extremely wow. Simple. The edition of the book that you have <laughs> is going to consume a lot of the runtime <laughs> of this pod, I feel like, because I, in all of my days of reading, I've never seen anything. So fair warning, this episode is going to be a little bit longer because <laughs> of the like fucked up edition that I have. I, we'll start with mine. Yeah. I, it's extremely simple. This is a book. 
if you saw it on the shelf, you would have no idea it was something from 1886. You would have no idea what you were really getting into. Oh, not at all. It is black, completely black, and all I've got is block text on the cover that says sheep. So you've got in red. three letters in bright red, author's name, block text, in white, that's it. I mean, reading this, like looking at that, I would have thought I was going into a modern horror story. Which kind of fits. I was thinking yeah. <laughs> I was thinking kind of the same thing. It looks very kind of quirky and campy, like you'd see in a really like campy horror film, something really exaggerated and which it kind of is. Yeah. I would have expected But it was not exaggerated on purpose. <laughs> more just, you know, this is a story that mostly takes place in Africa. So you can imagine eighteen eighty six white person's interpretation of Africa. I just expected something more like a boat or jungle or something that oh, there's no thought in that embodies the adventure that you're about to go on. You have no idea what this is. I'm assuming this book is famous enough that no. But what an interesting choice to do it this way. Uh huh. Very simple. It's very black. It's showing all my grubby little fingerprints, which I don't care for. Uh, the other thing just. Yes. Format wise, of this book that really slowed Both me down. Both of our formats were terrible. Yours is worse, obviously. This is <laughs> this thing I've we'll never get... seen in all my in all my born days. Now you know why it took me so long to read. My book, the print is outrageously small. It's, it's tiny, eight points, maybe nine points, and getting close. And it's justified font. It's which justified font. On both sides. I mean, most books have some justification. And usually you're left justified. And right. You're, they, they sometimes partially right justify, like just a little. Yes. Because it looks a little bit nicer, but it's, it's rare to read one that's fully double justified. But it, yes, extremely small print, which means it, Where did that come from? Why is it called justified? I have no idea why it's called justified. I can't, I have no idea. Something we'll look into and explain. Uh, so yeah, so it clocks in, at least my edition, under 200 pages because the text is that small. Chapters are extremely short, page length-wise, because of that. And yes, overall, I found this cover extremely yeah. uninspiring. I had no idea what I was getting into. And the font size made it extremely hard to read. And then mine is twice the size, yet the same number Maybe even bigger than that. Like a notebook size. Yeah. Like, Your book has extremely wide margins. <laughs> Which is really weird. There's at least an inch margin on every single side. We're getting to theories on that later. Um, <laughs> it looks like a, like a kid's book, to be cover. honest. So my cover is like 80s yellow with a portrait profile version of a woman who maybe she, it's there she. I would think it would have to be, but she... Is certainly not described this way. No. I mean, she is very white. Well, yes. She is white, but as far as the costuming of the That's person true. on the cover. But there's kind of like the files. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Fine. Maybe. Fine. But more likely, this was the closest image they found with a quick search. That Of just a woman? Yeah. Google that woman. <laughs> Victorian woman bride? <laughs> maybe. And it at least gives you a little idea of the book. Does it? No, it Very little. It's more than yours. Well, my, my literally doesn't. But I feel like this captures a little bit of the spirit That's of true. the book, where this... Mine seems floofy, fluffy, romance. You'd think this is a romance. And I guess technically it is. Uh, 
It's a very, very twisted romance. It's very Victorian, very like gothic use of the word romance. It's certainly not the way we think of no. romance today. It's not romantic at all. No zero. And then my my font, the lettering is what font is that? Uh, I can almost place it. It's kind of Calibri-ish, maybe no. Garmin. Not Garmin. And it overlaps the picture like they didn't. The title she is yeah running into the portrait of like ever so slightly and it's irritating both of us. Well, it's like why would you do it? Like why? you just put it down like just a move millimeter. it down like the tiniest little bit or make the picture just a smidge smaller like and it would it would be I mean it wouldn't be fine but it would be running into each other. So neither of ours are by any means professionally made. No, I mean at least mine looks more like a, a book. Uh-huh. I honestly don't know what yours is. I don't even know if I call it a book. I don't know that mine's a book. I don't think it is. I don't know where it is. You got it half first book. Yeah. I don't think mine's... We, we can discuss theory of what constitutes a book for days. And like the in-between. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then honestly, like I said, since this book is so old, I'm assuming there's just dozens of other Oh, there's so many different out colors there. out there. There's just, some classic, I saw, like, you know, true bound in leather ones. There's some other ones that have just, like, basic type fonts and nothing, no details. The one that's been in publication for over 100 years. 100 years. Get a wide variety. Also, and there's no copywriting because it's so old. Because it's so old, right. It's, there's just so anyone can just print it and sell it. And it seems like that is what happened. Definitely what happened. And, in doing a little bit more research, this book is extremely pot it's not even looked down on really in modern day. How? How? I, how? I don't know. It's still kind of received well. People enjoy this book. I'm oh. I'm assuming certainly not as much as back in the since it was written specifically for that Victorian audience. I couldn't find too much where people were saying this book is bad. I couldn't really find anybody saying that. Well, I'm going to say it. This book is bad. <laughs> All right, let's get into our summary then. So right. you can set them up a little. Nice oh, roll. Let's try. Let's roll the dice. Roll the dice. Slowly. Roll. Roll dice. Dice roll. Oh, it's just like doing it for... Oh, six. Six. Is that even an option? Regular. Did you actually roll the dice? It rolled it. It did roll it. It rolled it automatically when I pulled it up. Which I didn't think it would do. Six. Regular. Like six. Oh. <laughs> just regular summary. Can't do six for this one. I'm fine. Then we're going off the rails. The, the rules have been broken. It's gonna do like twenty five. Three words. Okay, that one's more fun. I'm thinking with campy, icky, adventure. Campy, icky, adventure. I'm staying with that. Um, imperialism. Yes, colonialism. <sighs> Interrobang. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> Do you want to explain <laughs> the last of it all? Interrobang is a very underutilized punctuation. Mm-hmm. It needs to be brought back. Yes. It is the combination of a question mark and an exclamation point. <laughs> so if you've ever done the exclamation point followed by the question mark, followed by the exclamation point, followed by the question mark, you could just use an interrobang. That's right. And I feel like that's a good, I feel like this is what my brain was 
doing the whole time. But what? But what? Oh, what? Oh, really? (laughs) Okay, so what we usually start with is favorite thing, which is probably going to be a a tricky. What's your favorite? Because my favorite thing is the. That doesn't count. But we're going to come to that. Okay, that's a separate. Which is yes, absolutely separate. Okay, it's my favorite thing too. It's going to be my favorite (laughs) thing for a long time. Just, it's not I even from this book. It's just one of my favorite things that's ever happened. <laughs> no, favorite, favorite okay. thing from the book. Actual favorite thing. Thing that happened in the book or concept or theme. I don't know if it's my favorite thing, but it was my favorite thing because of you. And we'll see what your thoughts are on it. <laughs> Last time we recorded, we were watching movies and stuff. And you were talking about how like the good people per se are always portrayed as really pretty and the bad people are evil. And this book flips that. According to the perspective in of the one, In one instance. No. Yeah, huh? Well, well she is also evil and oh, supposedly very beautiful. And the point of the, view indi- character. the indigenous people are supposedly very beautiful and constantly referred to as evil. And then the, the main point. character and everyone else tells him that he is but ugly. Yeah, the our point of view character... Holly is his last name. Horace Holly. Huh, I wrote it down. He is not just he's like unattractive. This book he describes himself as a monkey. Yes, he does, uh, which is morally questionable to put in. Obviously, and we originally way. wondered if it was racist, but he's also I think European too. It's a very strange concept to have a main white male character not be narcissistic to a certain extent it's true it's true it's very interesting and i I feel like the author in a way seems to relate the most to him yeah i get the impression the author didn't think much of himself which is something i don't know about that because i do feel a lot of arrogance coming through in this this story okay you didn't think much of his physical appearance okay Okay. fair Uh, because this this goes makes a point of going on for paragraphs and People avoid this man on the street. Apparently he's so ugly. We're getting into like territory where he can't he can't find anybody to marry him. He can't he doesn't even want to go outside. It's it's extreme. A very interesting choice. I will mm-hmm. I will agree with that. Not, <laughs> I don't even know if this is a favorite. This isn't really fair. So I give this book a little bit of credit because it's very close to being the first of its kind it really spawned a lot of books in genres that I like so I think it it deserves a little bit of credit and a couple things that and the genre really, being lost civilization adventure lost civilization it really it brought found worlds Jules Verne like 20,000 leaves under the sea I see a lot of that charming to the side of the earth what is it Pandora movie one I forget Avatar 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 Indiana Jones? I got a yeah. real big Indiana Jones vibe. A little bit of like King Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Except obviously there's no Harrison Ford holding up the entire movie with his charm <laughs> and making it really good. There's like no appealing character in this book. The one that's supposed to be appealing is asleep half the time. I thought I was going to give it credit for inspiring Treasure Island because it begins with opening a chest and finding something that... Yeah. Uh, gives you clues to adventure, but I looked into it and Treasure Island was published three years before this, so 
I think this guy <laughs> Hey! Was it? Because it's well, a periodical. So sometimes the publication on those gets I guess so. I don't know. It was 18, Treasure Island was 1883. So I guess I can't say when the first piece of this came out. Yeah. I don't know if the 1886 is a trade when it was done. Yeah. Is that when it was or found in a book? Or... I could not find that. Yeah, I don't know. Because it did seem remarkably similar. You get a, a chest that you open up and you find you in Treasure Island, there. obviously, it's a map, but... In this, it's kind of like a map, but it's pieces of pottery. It's a literary map of crazy proportions. So I will give it credit for that because it spawned a lot. Honestly, you can see it even going further, like into things like Tolkien and, and Narnia. Like not as explicit, but you can see the threads how this kind of spawned mm-hmm. that. And I, I do give it credit for that. And it was trying something new, but this is going to feed right into. My least, I mean, there's lots of things I don't like about this book, but the overall thing I don't like is, since it is the first of its kind, it's terrible. It's the worst, because it's an experiment, it's something written very specifically for the audience of that time. So trying to read it now. we don't relate to anymore at all. Which is interesting, because there's a lot of this, like, even, like, Treasure Island, that, that spirit of adventure and, like, excitement and pirates and that still speaks to a modern audience. It, it still plays very well. And at least there's interesting characters in Treasure Island mm-hmm. where this is just very well thought of. So I don't know if it's just us, because I was just about to say, I can't see anybody of modern day enjoying this book for the adventure and the story that it is. I don't see that. I no. So kind of like my favorite and least favorite thing about it. I give it props. For laying the groundwork and trying. Least favorite part for me was the way conversations were written. Because mm. they aren't conversations. They are people giving speeches to each other with wrong sentences. He's a very interesting writer. It's Is that the word we're going with? Interesting. I'm trying to be fair. Don't try to be fair. <laughs> He's dead. He's super dead. So we can say whatever He's extremely we want. fragmented and <laughs> confusing. I could. This is clearly a story he was very passionate about. I can tell he wanted to write it. He was excited to write it. And all that comes through, and it was wildly popular. But I could almost see how his brain was working writing it. He'd go into conversations for a long time, but obviously the dialogue is certainly not anything close to modern dialogue that we're accustomed to, but it's not even great old-time dialogue. No, not at all. And there are some portions where I thought the descriptions were nice, especially when they're on the boat and just describing sunsets and moonlight. Okay. But he'll go on with his dialogue portions for a while. It's almost like he forgets. It's like, choppy. Ah, like, ah, I, I'm writing a novel. I forgot to put in some prose and description, and then he'll do that for a long time. Like, oh, I haven't described anything in a while. Like, oh, okay, this goes on for a while. And he's like, wait, oh, crap, no one said anything in a long time. Let's go. <laughs> like, I... And then he has, like, those pages upon pages of translation, and then he, like, purposefully puts in that things are excluded. Doesn't tell you why. I'm like, why even tell someone that you took something out? That was one of the questions that I had, so... When they open the chest and they find these shards of, of pottery and, and different things that have all these inscriptions on it, and this is what sets them on, on their journey. As you said, the whole, so there's parts that are written in super old 
ancient Greek, there's some Egyptian hieroglyphics, wow. and and all of these are written out. Like, well, there are full pages that I just had to turn. Yeah, cause I <laughs> because I don't, I don't, read I can't ancient read ancient, ancient Greek. Or, I know a little bit of Latin, but it's all extremely old. And I guess I don't know for sure. As far as Latin goes, I would think that your Victorian audience would probably be able to read very well. Some of the Greek, the Egyptian, that like, who is he? Is everybody that well informed in all of these languages to be able to read it in full? No, I think that's part of his narcissism. Yeah, that's why I thought it was a little arrogant. I would love to know if the translations are correct. (laughs) I have no idea. Or if he just, like, used the letters and was like, here. And it's also very odd. Obviously, the characters do describe a little bit what it's about, the translation, either before or after it comes. They'll help us out and let us know what it says. And I was surprised that it didn't. This book has been around for a long time. I'm sure someone has accurately translated these things. I'm surprised they didn't just put it in. Right. Footnote. Right. Footnote. Anything. So I I found that to be very odd. And he goes to great lengths to make this seem like this is a plausible That's the premise. I mean, the premise is that the author met these people and they gave him the story and it's true. Just, There's this huge fantasy in there that anywhere this and white I'm, person goes, they will be accepted and adored. And... Of course. And I guess I'm wondering if people back in the, did they did they buy this? Did they think this was real? Obviously, most of them had not traveled to Africa and didn't know anything about the actual people living there. Did they think this was real? Even with all that nonsense? I mean, people obviously... Because like, the people that were literate enough to read it Usually that comes with privilege enough to travel. Yeah, but I feel like most of them probably weren't traveling deep yeah, into the uh, jungle and climbing volcanoes and whatever <laughs> they're doing this book. Which, by the way, that description is atrocious. I I am pretty good with my imagination. I pride myself. And I am very good with visual spatial in my head. <laughs> I am great with those kinds of like puzzles and stuff. And the way he describes stuff, all I can think is that doesn't make sense. Like, he would describe the same wall ten times with three different heights. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, there's a lot of describing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It's very disorienting sometimes. Which also leads me to believe that he doesn't have that kind of visual imagery and he's never actually been to a place like that. We know he did spend time in Africa. I read a little bit about him. I know but he I lived don't in think South he climbed Africa a mountain. Or a volcano or went under it or wherever they ended up inside. <laughs> the sea of fire is or whatever I it's called. Was like that. The there pillar of fire, spirit of life, all this stuff. I don't stuff. know. There is both a volcano, a valley, a plain, a marsh, and they're all kind of the same place, but <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. And the caves that are the volcano... But the, they're written like they're made out of marble, not out of volcano. Because volcano is pumice. It's uh, just... Uh, so it, it was uh, clear he was writing what he wanted to write. Yeah. I kind of admire that. But I mean, he went all in. He went all in, and it worked. It worked. It was well-received. He, he knew his audience, and he wrote and he, and he nailed it. He nailed it. We are, however, not his audience. <laughs> no, we are not. Uh... 
as far as we kind of touched a little bit on problematic pieces, I have like such a weird one that you tell. this stopped me in my tracks while I was Which reading. So I expected all kinds, obviously, some racism, racism. They, they dropped the N word a couple times, stuff about Arab people, of course. <laughs> the one not white guy in their expedition gets killed, of course. Shocker. I was surprised he lasted as long as he did. I was like, this guy's gonna die the second they they touch ground with their, you know, their boat. He lasted a while. (laughs) I was impressed. He did. There's all kinds of different things. There's about Jewish people, and we could go on and on. It's very much a a variety of civilizations kind of thrown in. But this was so odd. So Horace Holly uh, is given custody, guardianship of Leo, yes. who is one of the other main characters. And really, the only thing you need about Leo is he's a Greek god with curly he's hair. He's super, super attractive. And he gets sick very easily. There is this part at the beginning where they're just kind of going on. It's similar to the way they go on and on about Holly being very ugly. They go on and on about how attractive Leo is. Yes, they do. Which is fine. And they go, oh, you know, women obviously flock around him. And like, all these things you kind of expect. And then there's one part where even when he's like a young kid, he's an attractive kid, I guess, and everyone thinks he's very good looking. There's a part where this like old man who's not a main character, he never comes up again, he's just in this one paragraph, this old <laughs> man had this habit of taking the boy, and then referring to young Leo, to his room and feeding him unlimited quantities of brandy balls, so candy with alcohol. And making him promise to say nothing about it. What a weird thing. I stopped. I had to put the book down. It was page like 10. Is this something that happened to this man? Is this, is he speaking from past experience? This is really disturbing. disturbing. That's like the first icky moment. I was like, oh. First of many. And it never comes up again. It's one paragraph. It's like three sentences. What is happening? Did you notice that? Did that bother you? Of course it bothered me. <laughs> Do we think this happened to him? And how terrible. I was very, I did not see that coming. I expected all of the, the racism and things like that. What problematic parts bothered you? <laughs> Everything. All of them? The whole book bothered me. <laughs> anything, anything stand out in your mind? I think the the most annoying part was how they were treated. I mean, if here are these strangers, and we're gonna hold them up on those like seats and carry them. Right, of course. Like I said, it was kind of the first, and everybody took from this and just started utilizing. They became tropes. It's like the kid they tried to cook the guy in a pot. Like that's what people started doing. Everyone was being cooked over spits of fire and like. I don't know if this was the very first example of all of these things, but it kind of sounds and in that way. They seem to really exploit the we can't control ourselves around a beautiful woman. Yeah, do we want to talk about she? AKA Aisha, which is spelled Aisha. Asha. Asha, Asha, <laughs> spelled Aisha. Yeah, it's a very beautiful white woman is the. She's a 2,000-year-old white woman, white woman who comes from 
an Arab nation? Yes, I believe that is accurate. I don't understand how that works for starters. I don't think nobody cares. She was born before Jesus. Oh, yes. (laughs) Which is, religion plays a heavy role in this book. Shocking. And she, it sounds like her goal is A, to find her long-lost love that will be reincarnated, and to spread her philosophy to the world, which how she plans on doing that from the mountain caves, I don't know. Clear. So she's not terribly intelligent. She wants a reincarnated lover back because she killed him, originally, by the way. Because he was leaving her for another woman. Well, that justifies. Because he's just so gorgeous. He has so many options. And wanted to kind of give it to, because at least it was something to show a, a powerful woman. Right? I wanted to be excited about that, but when you really get down to her motivations, it's, it's like terrible. typical jealousy, hysteria, like. And she doesn't care about the people that she's supposed to be ruling No, at all. no, that's a great point. I love that. Thank you. So she's this all powerful person that hides away. If you look at her, you become bewitched, basically. You get a boner, let's be honest. Yes. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Which, according to them, bewitches you. That's right. Because that's what happens. <laughs> when you look at someone beautiful and you are attracted, you are bewitched and you must follow them to the ends of the earth. It's a very powerful book. And also they want you to. They want you to become their stalker and adore them. Yes. And then there is also kind of just this underlying negative repercussions of a woman becoming powerful because this is what's going to happen you know which we see played out daily in politics yeah if we let this happen because the kind of similar thing so she had killed her past lover because she was jealous and kind of a similar situation happens because she sees leo and is convinced he's what's his face i wrote down the name kill katries kill katries yeah with a k that's right and convinced it's him but Leo has already kind of fallen in love and married whatever they're according to their to their customs, which they both try to respect and discard at the same time. <laughs> well, she wants she wants uh, Leo, so she kills this other woman, <laughs> of course, because and jealousy. our our hero, our I don't know if he's technically a hero, Holly. Yeah, I mean he tries. He tries to, to save the, the lover from death. It's true. And he tries to save uh, Mohammed, the guy they try to cook in a pot. So he does get some props for that. He's got these weird redeeming factors that <laughs> also get, like, knocked out all the time. <laughs> I kind of, and uh, tell me if this is accurate, I kind of picture him a little bit like a manager in the office. Michael Scott? A little bit. <laughs> like a blundering idiot that cares. But it's not like he cares about everyone all no. the time he cares when the story needs him to care yes that's true that is very true <laughs> and he cares when it says something to the plot yes because the characters don't they're not characters they're just there and they are they even there. caricatures i'd say they're a little bit more than that okay but certainly not fully fleshed they are not fleshed out characters people. there's three other books and they all focus on Asha, Asha, however we're saying it, she. Asha. So clearly, he's very fond of writing this powerful, powerful woman. woman, which it's almost nice, and then it's very clearly written by a man. Yeah. 
<laughs> we also delved a little bit into so outrageously popular book, kind of the first of this type of adventure story. So of course, many movie adaptations were, oh my were God. made of this. <laughs> we found at least four. At least four. There's at least four. At least four. The nineteen sixty five movie has actual actors in it. It has Christopher Lee. <laughs> it has I have some Elizabeth. And it's back in the day, yeah. And Peter Cushing for all my Star Wars nerds out there. <laughs> if you're out there, uh, plays Governor Tarkin. So he plays Holly, and Christopher Lee plays what's his name, Bilali, whoever Bilali, the, yeah. the guy is. And unfortunately, that movie was not in any of our, our streaming. But we did find one. The thir- there's one from the 30s. I think it was worth 19 like. 12, 1934, and then there's 1986 or so. Mm-hmm. So, like, every several years, it's due for another remake. Oh my god. You don't know how you remake this movie in a way. Okay. 
Actually, maybe they can tell us what it says. Yeah, you can tell us what those. You can tell us what those things said. Um, please let us know. I think that about. I mean, we're about to get into like the really the weird stuff, the part. But oh, it was yes. my mind. Should we rate the book first and then get into the weird stuff? I did not think about my rating for this book at all. I know how many. Yeah, <laughs> one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what one. I because I do think this was a direct one mosquito. Whoa, yuck! I think this was a direct inspiration for Indiana Jones, which is one of my all-time favorite movie series. Just the three. Let's not talk about number four. So I'm gonna give it one Indiana Jones fedora. Now the weird stuff. We haven't even gotten to the weird stuff. I mean. Yeah. Alright, so we have just discussed the novel, and my edition has some weird additions. I have a summary added at the end of chapter one, and at the end of the story, that we we don't know where it comes from. I don't know who published my edition of the book. It doesn't say who's written this, and we can't decide what it is. <laughs> so I. It's also important to note... That the summary that does happen at the end of chapter one is for the most part repeated for the summary that's at the end of the yep. book with a couple different paragraphs Some added additions. at the end. Yeah. But for the most part, most of it is the exact same. So yeah. the summary is printed after chapter one, and then it's like, just in case you missed it, here it is again. Here it is again. But a step to the left. <laughs> like that. What an odd thing to add. It, I mean, a summary at the end of the book, maybe. I don't know why. Maybe. But after chapter one, it's and it's, weird. let's just be clear, it's not a summary. It's, it's called a summary. It's, it's called title a summary. summary. So my, my hope, this is my, my fantastical idea of what this is, is that, okay, so y'all know how we, they've been working on AI forever. And one of the things AI does is it looks at things a million times and then it produces its version of it. And so in my head, we have an AI that has read this book and is such as trying to interpret humanity and then has written this summary <laughs> about it. But Futrell pointed out, yeah. not possible because there's spelling mistakes. There are blatant spelling mistakes. Would, would you like say... to read? Please read. Read. read this. I would say every... Third or fourth word is misspelled. The punctuation is explicitly, it is the end word, a space, the period, and then another space. And sometimes it's multiple spaces after, uh, before that exists before the period. Capitalization is out of control. Some words are capitalized, some aren't. Without rhyme or reason Uh, of any sense that we can make. So just, just imagine chapter one of this book is ending. For the most part, it's, it's normal. It's yeah. written normal. Yeah. We talked about the writing. The weirdest but... things haven't even happened in chapter one. It's just the intro. It's just kind of the intro. We got to know the characters. A little bit. Okay. And then you know, chapter one. And so summary. This is reading word for word what this says. Some people get bore. B-O-R-E. Not bored. Bore. Bore. While reading the novel. But when you started to sell the novel, you can't miss a single line from the novel. 
when persons started reading Gospel, they have to be made themselves more comfortable. C-U-M-F-E-R-T-A-B-L-E. Every buddy, space between every and buddy, have a different taste in the terms of choosing a novel. To read, some people choose romance, but some choose fantasy. Same choose action and adventure, and some choose short stories. But the great authors made uh, every single attempt to make a novel to look cool and nice or decent, they mean decent, in his own way. And it has to be look natural and realistic. Because everybody wants to read the books that looks real <laughs> and take reality with its content and meanings. So that's, that's just the first That's the first we'll, we'll So more. this goes on for one, paragraphs. That is paragraph one. But I can't figure out what it's supposed to be. It is not actually summarizing. It's not summarizing. There is no... It's not actually commenting on the first chapter at all. No. It, it seems like a review of the book. But not even. It's a review of, like, literature in general. Right. Just, like, some people like reading this type of book. Some people, but it's... Sometimes you need to be comfortable. People should be comfortable. When it's, they like, written like a four-year-old might talk if they were trying to sound smart. And, and then we thought about, like, maybe it was someone who this isn't their first language. That's, which would be fine. But then the prompt is way off. But the prompt is way off. Like, and what they're writing about doesn't make any sense in relation to what the book is. The story of the novel is like a act. Act which is performed in the real life. The story tells us so, S-O-O, <laughs> so many things, things is misspelled. Which are related to yours, daily struggle, and compromise. We can also say that the author is well-knowledge. The beauty about is misspelled. The beauty. Anything. That should be a word anyway. <laughs> which has happened around ourselves. And he also knew that how to solve that is the picture of real author. The novel is also claimed to be most successful. Misspelled, but... Successful novel for the author, carrier, and life. What is it supposed to be? Paragraph two. All the scene in the act is performed well, and author described it well, in a very nice manner. That's like the best sentence of this whole thing. Whoever wrote it (laughs) It does seem to like the book. Yes. The sum scene of the novel is like very emotional. It's like very emotional. And heart-touching and pure. Some readers cry while reading the novel. The novel tells us about who's the life of some people is very hard, but they don't think of loss. Many think of loss and make everything in ours side and fight from everything as it is poverty and is homeless and any other thing of worry. That was a lot. That one went on for a while. The life is full of struggle and sacrifice of everything with two eyes. You want but never lose hope. Every day is a great of joy and happiness. We have to paddle up ourselves and make bold move. 
We do. We have to paddle up ourselves and make bold moves. This can be our new catchphrase. <laughs> catchphrase. Uh, the story of T H H O E. The? Are they trying to say the? The story of Louis Novel is supposed to be Thor. Of everything, what a reader. Wait, wasn't there a Theo? Leo. Leo, huh? Close enough. And listeners. They talk about listeners a lot. Readers and listeners. Well, we I kept on referring to our listeners as readers. <laughs> so of the story wants full of entertainment, enjoyment, education, poverty, homeless, sac I think it's supposed to be sacrifice, but it says scarific. <laughs> scarific. Scarific. Pain and many more things. This is what the listeners want. You guys want entertainment, enjoyment, education, poverty, homeless, scarific, pain, <laughs> and many more things. The unique concept of this story made the attention of the readers, about the readers, and the listeners at the end of the story. The overall concept and unique ideas made the story unique. And every readers wants to read this. Every readers. You, you all like. want to read this. You all want to read this. The main story of the novel is revolved around the fictional action and adventure novel. And one of the most successful novel for the author, carrier, and like, see that phrase comes up like, oh, no, I can't even call it a phrase, but author, carrier, and length. They keep telling it that. What's the carrier? The novel becomes the bestseller of the decade. I believe that's actually true. The readers become crazy for the novel, that's and so novel become super hit and sold over thousands of copies. Golabali. What? That's how they spell globally. G O L A B A L L Y. Golabali. And the novel business misspelled made the revenue of millions. The readers are very happy while reading the book. I think that is like one of the only sentences that is actually a sentence. From this novel, the author becomes more famous than ever. The, no the story of the novel is sometimes horror and really appreciable. <laughs> and the words and content of the story is very good. Some scene of the novel, this is the same sentence, is looking <laughs> like the reality. The novel is very successful for the author and his carrier. The period. Is the carrier the publisher? I guess. Maybe. That would make sense. But no, it doesn't make sense. What am I saying? But <laughs> of course it doesn't make sense, but maybe. I like that. From the oh, no. The novel is full of horror, drama, and scene. And the scene description in the novel is brilliant and nice. The novel story is comes with the lot of different characters and places. See, characters... But, like, you could apply this to any book ever <laughs> written. The really confusing thing is, so, characters, um, the word characters comes within the sentence twice. Misspelled both times, but misspelled different ways. And it's, like, four words apart. A lot of different characters and places. The characters are incredible and brilliant on the page of the novel. And the novel is surrounded by the net of words... And sentences, Good phrase, though. Which makes a brilliant... This is brilliant a lot. Brilliant? I think that's supposed to be seen. Mm. And story comes with a different effect. 
author very well knows how to add the words and where to add the words in appropriate <laughs> manners. I mean, I would, if someone wrote that about my, my work, I would I'd be happy about it. I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. <laughs> the story of the novel is comes with a lot of parts. Very parts. It does. It comes with a lot of parts. Very parts. Very part of the different... Ooh, yeah, probably. I like trying to figure out what they really mean. Has a different meaning and cool meaning when the readers read the novel. That, I think, might date date this. Cool. The sense of the the how the word cool is used. Because when I read this, the word cool seems to be written as, like, like how we grew up. Like, cool was a good thing. It was, like, you know? Yeah. So it definitely is a modern edition. Like, this isn't an old part of something someone adds to this book. That's not even all of it, but I'm going to the summary in the back of the book now, so which is the, the same. Summary. It's the same. It's the same for most uh, of it. The same for the most. We don't start from the weird parts, the six or seven from the end. This paragraph this is, is the... the readers can relate themselves while going through the reading. False. The story of the novel is also can implement, implement, they wrote implement. I don't know what they're going Read for. what they wrote. <laughs> in the real life as well. But there is also some nice. place where the readers get bored. Very this true. time spelled correctly. Very true. From the novel story, because there are some silly parts of the story also true. that don't entertain you. But the silly part of the novel is not for the mass people, it is for the class people. In the novel, there is a brilliant word connections. <laughs> With all the lines, the upper is very relatable to the lower line. Without the one of the line, you cannot understand the meaning. And you also can't understand the paragraph, much like this paragraph I'm reading right now. The novel is appropriate for children's, and children's can relate himself to the story of the novel. There is always a message for everyone in the novel ends. And in anywhere in the novel. Story. I'm almost done. It's got three paragraphs <laughs> The story of the novel is very entertainer for the children's and also gives a moral to the children's. Every parent's What's one word. Every parent had to give the novel to their children for read and make a nice and educated future. If any person search for an in- incredible misspelled thing to read, trust me, the novel is very incredible, this time spelled correctly, in its own way, and made a nice impact on the readers. The author plays a nice job and made an impactful story with a lot of unique words and a mind-blowing story. <laughs> the author is very well known. That the public wants something different, and writer of the novel made it. The short summary of the novel is very good and fantastic for the readers who want to read the novel in less time. The end. (laughs) My cheeks hurt and I'm crying. I I don't understand how how can something like that appear not even just once but twice. In a book that has been published. Okay. How does this happen? Okay. So, of extra note, is that 
my table of contents is underlined profusely and looks like the printout that you would get if you had like a digital copy where you can click and skip to. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. It looks Which like links. Another yeah. reason why I think this is literally just like a Word document that was printed out poorly. Do you think the per so the person you think who also wrote there's this no summary? Case. I can't even call it a summary because mine. I think it's supposed to be a, a reflection. Uh, okay. Okay, I can go with reflection. Do you think so? They have this on Word, and they just they printed they published this person. Did I it? think so. They're so proud of this reflection of the book that they're like, this needs to be out there in the world. Maybe we did try to figure this out. Okay, but you don't have a lot of info. So there's n like no publication info here. There's no, no published by. There's no. Da -da -da -da. There's none really in mine either. Mine just. I have on the very back page. <laughs> mine just has a disclaimer. This work is a product of its time and place, and may include values, images, events, and language that are offensive to modern sensibilities. Reader discretion is advised. Mine kind of has a disclaimer. We didn't even talk about the stupid heart on the back. I forgot about that. We're talking about the color. So the back of my book reads, I have the back is completely black and in very, very large font. It says, the story expresses numerous racial and evolutionary concepts of the late Victorians, especially notions of the degeneration and racial decline prominent during the Thinbiscal of the figure of she, the novel notably explored themes of female authority and feminine behavior. It's a loaded concept. It has received praise and criticism alike for representation of womanhood. So, my extra question is if this is how the publishing person writes, why is the summary written so differently? And if it's a different person, who would allow such a clusterfuck to show up in their book and not their book but any book and then there's a literally like, like, a, like a clip art heart a clip art heart at the bottom of the back of your book so we have a head. very victorian cover combined with like a 90s back maybe 2000 i don't know and we did try to look into it but we have no information to go on there either. i did email this company okay so there is a QR code, which I couldn't scan. It's too tiny. My phone wouldn't let me. Mm -hmm. And there is an address, a web address, web, yeah, a for icgtesting.com. I couldn't get the website to open. I, I did. The website is literally a single-page oh, document, like, uh, which something. also has wrong English. And I get that English is interpretive. We understand that. That's fine. But you have to be able to understand it. When things are blatantly... It just... it That doesn't exploit no. the level of craziness that this is. So I tried to figure it out. And all I was able to figure out was where it was published. I'd have to look that up again. And that was published in... Three March, April. And on May... It was published on May 9th of 2020. So it's like, this is... This happened... A year ago. Mm -hmm. So someone went into quarantine and was like, let's do this. You're like on the right path with an AI thing, but even if it was misspelling words, it would not maybe it's a misspell words in two different maybe ways. Maybe it's a foreign AI that's also trying to learn English. Ooh. 
and yes. interpret humanity through this very outdated. I feel like it's like an alien. Like somehow an alien got a hold of this book. And this is like the alien's understanding of it. <laughs> like I said, I said it at the beginning in all of my life of reading books. I've never seen anything like this. I, I don't know how something like this happens. It's kind of, it's shocking. I'm shocked. We did start looking into what the fuck this is. If we hear back, we will We, we will send an email to this. We will talk weird. I don't know if they're a company. Um, I don't know what they do, but. I have no idea. Oh, it'd be so cool if they wrote back. What a rabbit hole. Very wild ride. Okay. So we're going to take a little break. Fuck, yes. we're gonna, And then we will come back and we will cook these sliders. We'll see y'all in a minute. <laughs> we're back. We're making sliders. Yes. My first slider. Always. And our inspiration. So we want to make the food reflection of the book. Yes. The trouble that we came into is we don't like the book and we don't want to make food we don't like. That's just kind of a waste of time. <laughs> a little bit. We'd like to waste of your time. We're not going to teach you to make something that's inedible. Like, okay, that's gross. No. So we tried, we looked at it a different way and we're like, okay, we're on an adventure. That's indisputable, I think. Um, Definitely. Definitely on an adventure. And the first thing that comes to mind is trail mix. Yeah, I just always, you know, you picture that with hiking and wilderness and discovery. So we started there. So the challenge was making trail mix into a meal. So we are going to, in lieu of pretzels, we are making pretzel buns. <laughs> Percy is really enjoying our setup in the kitchen right now. <laughs> so in lieu of pretzels, we have pretzel buns. And then some other common ingredients, like, you know, you got the dried berries, you got the chocolate, you got usually some kind of nuts. And then you often have, when you're traveling, you often have like a dried meat. So we, we're we not going to, and I thought about it, we're making meatballs as the part of the bun, the, the actual slider bit. I originally was like, I mean, if we're going to do this like full out, I would like teach them how to and learn myself. How to smoke meatballs in the oven to have that smoke flavor, and that was so too much. If it's meatballs, is that discredited as a slider? Oh, is so. it a meatball sandwich then? No, because they're still tiny. I think slider's about this size. So a pork meatball slider. Okay. So we got that. So we're transforming the berry into a reduction today. And we're going to play with that. You're going to learn with us as we go. My cooking process, because it is so not designed. <laughs> so we've already started our our dough here. So we went, I'm using uh, Sally's Baking Addiction recipe, which is basically, you got yeast, water, sugar, salt, flour, and you let it rise. It has to rise for an hour. So we started that a while ago. So we got that going. So one of our ingredients here is the dough for that. We also have some ground pork. We have, we found a hundred percent cacao to use. We needed the bitter to balance stuff out. We have blueberries, a thing of raspberries. We got a thing of spicy peanuts. 
some eggs, salt, pepper, and we found on sale Curtis Brothers chili ketchup. So we have a nice mix to start with here. We got the pork and berries that are sweet. We got the spicy nuts and the spicy ketchup and the bitter chocolate. It's good. I'm thinking it's going to be great. I mean, I have high hopes for this. I trust you. <laughs> They'll be able to play with our palettes today. Oh, hi, Curtis. So we've let our dough rose rise. Our dough. Our dough rose. I mean, that we've been reading that uh, summary oh. biography too much. And the movie. <laughs> there was one gentleman that I don't think they're, he was meant to pronounce things. Mm, the one who got killed by the avalanche right away? Remember the avalanche part of the book? Wait, no, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Risen. Would you like to do the honors? Punch the dough. Mm, I'm gonna get dirty. Oh my god. Like, like actually, yeah, you do it hard? Yes, punch it. You're, you're not gonna drop gonna it. hurt it. <laughs> <laughs> that was... It made a nice fist imprint. It did. Good job. Punch but I didn't get that dirty. You should have told me I wouldn't get dirty. <laughs> it's more fun to watch you fret. Hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad. That was the very fun part. I was pleased. Oh. This is gonna make a mess. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't tell about your face. Uh uh. So we are going to cut the dough in 12, but I kind of made a smaller portion because I'm thinking you need 12 and I don't want to use all your flour. So, well, because I'm going to be blocked without it. You are. We just have to remember to buy more next time. You want to cut the dough? Yes. Very soft. Touch it. Mm-hmm. You're dropping everything. The person's going to eat all that flour. We have you to be careful. Yes. Yeah. You know, lift that off your foot. <laughs> all right. So we are going to cut the dough, and since Michelle doesn't actually have one of those fancy things, that works. What are you talking about? So the thing I would actually use, it kind of looks like a literally like a flat sheet of metal that is like rolled at the end. You use it to cut some stuff. I don't know what that is. So we're using a pizza cutter. It's getting the job done. Look at it. We're going to get eight. So what makes this different than like a different bread you make? How is this different to make a pretzel? Pretzels will be dropped into a, a baking soda water. That's what gives it its flavor. Oh. And the Hmm. The same thing is usually is done with uh, the traditional bagels too. They're dropped in water. Okay. Yep. I think I've seen that. So I'm not the... sure what makes the difference between like a a bagel flavor and a. Let's do bagels are in the yeah right in the water too. I don't know. We cut it into eight because I kind of cut down the recipe. We're not doing twelve. Uh, we're gonna shape in the balls and we're gonna preheat our oven to four hundred. Mm-hmm. We've done that before. I think they might have to rise a little, so we'll kind of rise while oh, we're cute. doing some other stuff. You do not own parchment paper. I don't know. I might. Why not? So we, we we got our dough cut. I am shaping it. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna show you how to shape it, and we'll see how you describe it to people. What the fuck? Yeah. Here it is. Parchment paper. Do you know the difference between parchment and wax paper? I mean. If I saw the two, I could identify which one was which. Does that count? Sure. Okay. So that means we don't have to spray it or anything. 
parchment will keep it good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is how we shape. Um, I take it and I kind of, I don't know, roll it in. Like it kind of, it's almost like a, like a collecting star, like it collapses in on itself. You just yeah. keep rolling it in, rolling it in. It turns around in the kitchen. <laughs> we'll see how it works. This is how I make like regular buns, and we'll see how it works for festival buns. Okay. One of the interesting things, I think, is that she doesn't have them rise again after you shape them, which is what I usually do with other buns. Hmm. But I guess technically in boiling water, they'll do that. So we'll see if my shaping technique works for these as well as... Hmm. I've never made pretzel buns. Here you go. That's good. That fits with the book. It's like doing things for the first time. One of the few good things I think of the book is that they tried something new. They did! It was uh, probably a risk. To be honest, at the time. Hmm. Well, I think we're talking about um, the wine that we that Ooh, we were yeah. drinking uh, during the pod. So one of the friends that wrote it. So one of Futrella's friends suggested that we do a drink. So we brought this up. We decided to pick out drinks that we feel like the bottle reflected to some degree in the book. And obviously, wine has the most expansive different types of labels and exciting things going on. So and we picked a wine. love wine. So we got a, a white wine. Uh, for a couple of reasons we picked this. The author spent some time in South Africa and this wine is probably made in South Africa. And it's got kind of, it's almost like a compass. So that makes me think of the journey and then there's the directional, there's a little key at the bottom, almost like a map. Uh, obviously, this author was from England, not from the United States, but it's got the United States on one side, and it's got Africa on the other. Wine from the New World, it's got text all over it, uh, from the world's oldest soil. It talks about journeys, what we remember from our youth, we remember forever. Uh, it's all about kind of like striking out adventure. It's very mappish, it's very exciting. Uh, it's Definitely the right wine to, to choose from this book. It was mm -hmm. kind of disturbing how easy it was to find a label that really invoked the feelings and the spirit of the book. It was kind of weird. Except the wine is made in South Africa, and I assume profits go there. I'm pretty sure the book did not do that. Right. Well. <laughs> wow. Once again, it's like America and not, not England, but that's okay. Um, Why do you have a bar spoon? Um, I have, have a, a bar I do. It's downstairs with my bar. Excellent. We're into red wine more, more than white, but as far as white wine goes, it's okay. Yeah. It wasn't overtly sweet. So we got a larger pot on the stove. It's boiling. I have it filled about a third of the way, and then there's about a half a cup of baking soda in there. I want it to boil a little bit more before we plop these in, though. I have done this before. The rapid boiling seems to do the trick. Okay. We want it very hot. And then I got some olive oil set aside. The recipe calls for butter, but we that. I didn't have butter. It's not. You like never have butter. We're getting the water boiling. And then once it's boiling, we will take each one, dump it in for like half a minute. You don't want it too long. And then we'll set it on the pan. And then once they're on the baking sheet, they will get a quick score some olive oil, sprinkle of salt, and then they'll go in the oven for until they're dark brown. 
take a little less than half an hour, probably. Okay. And then we'll set them aside. That's not as much time as I would have thought. I'll write this slide. Which means, if we time this really good, everything will be nice and cooked. At the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Amazing. Like a well-oiled kitchen that we are not. <laughs> Excellent. So while our water is getting going, movie. Oh man, thoughts? Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember watching, so this was the one from the 30s. A lot of different adaptations. She in color. In technicolor. Mm-hmm. Or in like what is vibrant. It? Vibrant, vibrant color. color. They're very exciting. Hey. So this is the one from the 90s. I'm not sure how the other adaptations, how faithful they are to the book. This one really wasn't. It, it followed the major plot points, and that's it. So they did the. He wasn't raised by his uncle. Correct. Uh, Leo, in the book, he starts out as a child, and this he's already a man, which I think is actually a good... That's a good change. Uh, the bizarre thing is, it takes place in the Arctic. So they travel via dog sled for, for a while. Holly and Leo, and they meet up with two characters who are not in the book. Tanya, who is a new character, who becomes the mother. She's the daughter of the guide that they find. Right. He's the one who dies via avalanche. So they travel through the Arctic, and eventually they arrive in a place that is, like, seems kind of tropical. Somehow they enter a mountain, and it has this kind of, I guess, I didn't think it has to be a desert to be an oasis, so some kind of oasis uh, that exists within this mountain. So it's kind of like what you would have expected from if they had traveled to Africa and they arrived in this place, but for some reason they go to the Arctic instead. I, I, I don't know why that choice was made. I feel like mm-hmm. that wouldn't be easier. I, I don't necessarily feel like anything was gained or lost by taking place in no. the Arctic versus... So eventually they come across the, the movie's rendition of what the native population is. Right. Uh, and we had this conversation we're not really sure I think we were appropriating about 17 different cultures uh, all at once, which was such a weird thing to, to see all at once. There was, like, everything. It, it's very strange. I'm trying to think of the plot points that they hit in the movie that are actually in. They did the hot pot. Or the hot pot? Is that what's called? The, hot, the helmet thing, where they try to put the metal on someone. That happens. There isn't... He was reincarnated. Yes, but he was not reincarnated from olden time Greek god. He was just reincarnated from a not even that distant of a relative. It was like his grandfather, great grandfather, uh, which whatever, that's fine. Probably the the one of the other biggest changes was the fact that Tanya is a kind of becomes one of the kind so of instead leads. of him having a relationship with someone that they meet that's part the of the native population. Yeah. He has a relationship with the guy's daughter. It's kind of similar, except she grows jealous of their relationship, which is um, that's the same. And in the book, she does she does kill. Is it Hussein or I can't remember. Something with Hussein. I can't remember what her name is. Ooh, I think it's Hussein. There's a Hussein. Hussein there. Okay. In the movie, they do try to sacrifice Tanya. But Leo saves her and trying to escape. And the way she dies at the end is, is similar, but not really because 
anything about it in the book, she does kind of die, but there's kind of this warning or this kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come back, which obviously sets the stage for all the other books that are to come because I, I think she comes back in all of the books. And in this one, she just kind of just died with no proclamation that she's going to return. Yeah, he doesn't like make this big decision that he will not walk through the plane because he doesn't want to meet her again. And he actually gets away with his love. Right. And they, Which I think part of the reason they do it is because his love is, I mean, she's right. They kind of make the theme of the book different, where it's like more about the mortal love, like love that has a kind of a clock on it and is simpler and pure is better than an immortal love that would last forever because if it isn't, if it has a clock on it, it's just you value it more and you do with a decent moral. Which, you know, the book was kind of lacking like a moral of the thing. I did, I, I preferred the film to the book, to be honest. Well, the film made me just fall over And it got to the point really better than the book. It had a point. It kind of had a point. Very similar to the book where I'm just like, wow. Okay. So I guess I captured it. Rolls are in the oven. There's our preheating in a pan with some oil in it. We're gonna That'll be used for the meat, and then I'm gonna pop berries pan. I'm kind of worried about the berry part. I don't really like sweets with my savories. Oh, bye. Just toss it. Why is it moldy? Because that's what happens. Why did I get enough moldy fruit? Goodness. So we have maybe a half a cup of raspberries, and I'll do the same with the blueberries. I'm not gonna put anything else in here because I want it to be nice and thick. Too sweet. A lot of times when you make one of these, you get like extra sugar and stuff. And that's what, I want. what are we doing with the nuts? I think I'm gonna put them. I'm, I'm debating using them in the meat or putting them on the top of the. But I would have like something to grind it up. I can chop them. Oh, it's gonna be weird that we're adding some of that. This oh, <laughs> You have no idea how this is gonna be really good or it's gonna be bad. My taste is soft. What are we saying? What chili ketchup? Chili ketchup. I like it. It's spicier than you think. Okay. That might be a lot. Well, it's balanced out with berries. Now. Okay. I dumped in more than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? So the berries, the ketchup, a little bit of salt in a pan. They're going to reduce and get mushy and delicious. I'm going to add some pepper, too, because Then we got meat. To make meatballs, we will need an egg. <laughs> I'm going to add some salt and pepper to the pork. I don't measure this. A pinch, whatever a pinch is. Which is technically a measurement. A little more than a pinch. No, let's be honest. Right, then we're going to mush this together. Do you have any breadcrumbs? No. Of course not. Got our egg meat mixture. That's gonna sit for a minute. I'll do this last thing I do. The meatballs won't take long to brown and cook. Okay. Give them a few minutes still. So the nuts. I think we need the reduction to go down. We'll taste it and decide if we want the nuts in the meat or if we want like as a topping on bread. Yeah, I'm interested. With how spicy that is, I don't know if it's more spicy. 
Well, we have to have some nut flavor. Okay. Either way, we're going to have to chop it, right? We're going to go chop. Where's your thing? Chopping board. Mm, under. I got a new one. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. It's going to be right in front of your face. Oh, my God. She has, like, a decent-sized chopping board. You want to read on the ingredients on these so if you don't have, like, this spicy peanut. Ingredients on the, the meatball? No, the... The peanuts. Peanuts. Oh! So that they know what oh. kind of spices to add if they don't happen to have these specific spicy peanuts. Ingredients. Roasted, salted, blanched peanuts. Peanuts. Peanut oil. Salt. Dehydrated vegetables. Garlic, onion. Spices including paprika. And tricalcium phosphate. Yum. I didn't think paprika was spicy though. What's giving it the kick? It's spicy. It's not that. I didn't think it was that. Because you don't have it in that large quantity usually. Okay, suppose. We're gonna find it. We're gonna put these in the meat. We're gonna find which apple. Okay. They're gonna be our replacement for a binder, the breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. I like it. That looks kind of therapeutic. <laughs> Do I need to stir that? What are we calling this? A reduction? A compost? Do I need to stir it? I just yeah. use this natural. We'll be okay. Yeah. Well, we're gonna need something to serve it with. Anyway, so we're just gonna use a bunch of eggs. We gotta have one. The pancake cooler. We'll taste it before we put it on too. If it's too spicy, we'll add some sugar and a little sweeter. Hmm. Right, so we are very finely chopping these peanuts. Yeah. We're using this blender. If you have a food processor. Yeah. I don't have a food <laughs> Buy me a food processor. I'm not going to stock your kitchen and mine. Fine. I'm going to make you come up to my place and do it there. What are we doing with the chocolate? What are we, do we need to do something right I now? think it's going to, I think I want to put it in the sauce. Ooh, mm -hmm. But I want to taste it first to decide how much. I so it's got to reduce. Okay. That's pretty good. That's, that's like a great How much would you say I'm using? We got a pound of meat and... Between half a cup and three-fourths of a cup of nuts. It's already got a nice smell. It's working well. The pork and the... Mm -hmm. That's why, like I said, I'm excited for the pretzel bun. I'm excited for the pork. I'm concerned about the sauce. I will let you try one without the sauce, and then you have to have one with the sauce. Yum. Fine. <laughs> So I'm guessing you don't have it, but when Ben and I make these at home, we use like a classic ice cream scooper. You know, where you click it and then it releases. Oh, it doesn't click. So we'll probably just use a large spoon and warm them into balls. We're going to open the chocolate. Or of course going to try to split a square, because I'm curious if it's gonna, how bitter it is. I bet it's going to be pretty bitter. So taste your ingredients, right? That's what we're saying. Taste while you cook. Yeah, of course. Mm, no. I think it's very bitter. I don't, can't finish that. Well, I don't kind of want to spit it out. It's that bad. <laughs> oh, it's really bad. Oh, no. Have some wine. Mine's gone. Anyone let me open the bourbon? Have a drink of wine. Quick, it's red wine. It'll taste good. Yeah, that helps.
So we are not going to put a ton of that in. We're going to put a quarter of a square. Can we taste it first? No. This is what if it doesn't need it? What if it's delicious as is? It's based on trail mix. It has to have some chocolate. But that's gross chocolate. Trail mix doesn't have gross chocolate in it. But it'll get sweetened by this. It's going in. Oh! <laughs> gross. Trust the process. Trust it. That was that was one of the worst things I've ever eaten. Really? It was bad. I thought that was the absent. That was bad. Well, you want to open the the bourbon? Yeah. We'll give them a little preview of our next one we're waiting. It's very exciting. We're telling you, I don't have the author's name. He's got a three part name. He does. Foundry side is what it's called. And it is from Robert Robert Jackson Bennett. Of course. How could I forget? Uh, we went around, obviously, looking for bottles and things that uh, spoke to us, and uh, keys, and well, one key in particular plays a, a vital role in this book. This is a bourbon, special uh, bourbon whiskey, and it's got a keyhole on it, and it's got, if you look in the keyhole, there's all these two really key cool. pattern on the back. Oh, Joy, this is a book we love. We're very excited for it. Um, We're going to be recording it tomorrow. We'll talk about it more. I'm very excited. <laughs> I love these. Like, those are bigger meatballs than I expected. We're making a slice. But the buns, are, are, how much are the buns going to expand? Because the buns didn't look very big. They're at least big enough for this. Okay. There's yeast in there. We'll find out in six minutes. It kind of smells a little pretzely. I'm encouraged. I mean, I never doubted that. I mean, there's a bread. There's a bread you're excited. There's, of course. <laughs> I love bread. It's my favorite food. As they have a side, we talked about garlic, but garlic bread is my all-time favorite food. Yeah, if you can put garlic and bread together, you're very happy. And it's kind of weird because as much as I love cheese, so many places serve like garlic bread with a cheese. I'd rather have just no. garlic bread. Well, you don't eat cheese. I know, but I love cheese. I love melted cheese, but for some reason, I want garlic bread in its weird form. <laughs> right, do we want to do these purely? On the stove? Or do I Are you asking me? Why would you ask? Because your opinion matters. What would be the difference? You either do you cook them all the way on the stove or you brown them on the stove and then finish them. Well, is there a benefit to either? So it depends. I, I suppose if you want more of a crisp or if you like, you know, like that kind of. The sear? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, either um, way, it's going to have a sear, but if we cook I mean, it all I like, the way I the like stove, a sear. I'd rather it just be. Whatever's gonna make it like juicier inside and well, tender inside. Let's say full stove then, so it sears it all in. Okay. We'll see if we're right. Okay. I mean, we do have the one seven risk meatballs. I think of doing. You could put. We could do both. The oven does taste longer. Maybe. And we could see which one tastes better. No. No. I don't think, I don't think we're rolling the way the one working. <laughs> Our berries are starting to get cooked, so I'm mushing. So that we don't have like a popping sauce. How is that bourbon? I didn't even try it yet. I was talking too much. It smells delicious. I'll be honest. It smells very good. Very uh mm. it's very smooth. I love it. Those are almost done, so we're gonna have to start searing the meatballs and my stove since we're gonna cook them all the way on the stove. Are they all gonna fit? I did learn, I don't know from what show, but you do not want your meatballs to like touch when they're cooking. That's why I said, are they all going to fit? Yeah. 
Now I think you can try though. The sauce? The sauce is scalding hot. I turned it down. It's bubbling. I feel like it really took a lot of the color of the blueberry. Yeah, it's got a really like, pretty color now. Um, it does. Like between the blueberry and the little bit of chocolate, it's got this really rich red tone. This might be a weird thing. It's like very wine. So I like I want to wear a dress this color. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it almost looks like blueberry pie filling color. Yeah. But also wine-ish. So it should be spicy with just a hint of sweet, and the bitter should just kind of like deepen the it flavor. It smells better than I would have expected. Tell me, it shouldn't need salt because of the ketchup, but it might. I don't think it needs salt. Does it need sugar? Maybe. There's something a little off about All right. it. It's not quite right. It's good as well. So from the ketchup, the ketchup part, I think, is doing something here. You're getting a little sugar balance on the slice of the Oh, it's because she's almost like in the ketchup in case they want to make their own. I'm sorry, Percy. I tried oh, not to. Oh, you moved the I tried boy. not to. So, <laughs> this ketchup has tomatoes, of course. Onions, sugars, apples, vinegar, spices. Helpful. Mustard seed, awesome. Mm. Balsamic vinegar, awesome. Sea salt, ginger, garlic, and chili. I think that's why I like I all those this. ingredients. It's, it might be the balsamic vinegar you're tasting. It might be. I was gonna say, it's just, just a little bit weird. If you were a different person, I'd actually add more. Hmm. I think the spice level is correct. Balsamic vinegar is spicy. No, I know. More ketchup we add. No, I mean, I would have added some balsamic vinegar. Oh! Well, if you think it would help. No, we're going the sugar route, because we do have the, the spice in the protein here. Let's check on our... I smell them. Fun, fun, fun. Oh, they're beautiful! And they have those nice splits on the top, like, that you see. Mm -hmm. I'm very impressed. Give it a whiff. Tell our listeners what it smells like. They smell like like pretzels, like uh, that whiff that you get when you're walking through the mall and you walk by the pretzel place. Mustard in the thing. Ooh, so like pretzels? Pretzels and mustard? Oh, well. I'm, this is, I might really like this meal. I always laugh because uh, at the Milwaukee airport, <laughs> they always the pretzel place is right by the southwest gate, which is where I always fly. So whenever I get with some pretzels, it makes me think I'm flying somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to brown these on each side. Depending on how they turn, it might take four or six turns. And then I'm going to cover them so and cook them on low until they're cooked. We set up our plate. What plate do you want? Do you want the plate that broke all my glasses? <laughs> sure. Mm, do we want to toast the buns? I don't think so. I think they're crispy enough. Okay. Aren't they? You tapped one. It's um, a hard shell. I can smell the peanuts. I love the idea of having the, the, the spice for the peanuts. Mm -hmm. If you have a peanut allergy, put in the spices and just some breadcrumbs. And if you're vegan, you can definitely substitute out one of the, like, tofus and salt kind of things. Ew. Don't at you. Actually, I'll be honest. Um, tofu is... right, tofu's good. Tofu, I know, no, but it's not as bad as I thought. But, come on. Compare it to me. Get out of here. Our sauce is getting nice and thick. I, I really think this is going to be really good. Like oh, I you want to try these hot out of the oven? Ugh. It's cooked all the way through. It looks very nice. Mm. 
got a very nice shell on the bun. Uh, nice and crispy. Somehow this meal is better than the bun. <laughs> By far? Just from the pretzel bun alone. <laughs> So meatball good. And then you have to put them together. I'm doing it. I'm taking this off again. It's better together than I thought. Excellent. The meatball definitely helps with that. Getting the heat from the, I can tell that, I think it's from the ketchup. I can tell that the ketchup is nuts. But they go together nice. The two spices go together well. Yay. Are you ready to try it as a slider? I'll try. I'm a fan. They're sweet and spicy. Mm -hmm. It's good. Like it. All right, so overall, I don't really do good. It's definitely unique. I have never eaten something like this before. Mm -hmm. So props to us. But overall, very successful. One of our this is our best meal so far. It might be our best meal so far. I know. I really, really like the King Max one. We couldn't stop eating that. And it was just a bigger risk and like harder to do. A lot of things that we were not familiar with. I'm surprised that one turned out as well as it did. We talked about our next book. Well, founder said, go get it. Feel free to find us on social media. Email yeah, us social media. at thebookbunchbrunch at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, we're on Twitter email. and Insta. Tell us why she is your favorite book. Should we try our sign up? We can try. We're getting a little better. So we are <laughs> the, the book bunch, bunch and we did brunch.